Okay. All right, we're going. Hey, everybody. Um, Kyle and Jeff here with another edition of uh, Kyle and Jeff's podcast. And um, today we're talking about uh, something that uh, Jeff had shared with us um, called Room. Jeff, can you let us know a little bit about what you found? Yeah, so Room is a company that I'd never heard of until yesterday. Uh, Room.com. They must have paid a lot to get that domain name. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it popped up on my radar, I think it was through TechCrunch. Uh, and what it is, it's a company that manufactures a phone booth, as they call it, that you stick in your office place. And it's supposed to be somewhat soundproof. And it allows people, I guess, to uh, take a break from their open concept office where it might be really noisy and loud to go into this soundproof booth uh, and do some more quiet work, maybe with more privacy. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting. It caught my attention. The price tag caught my attention, you know, 3,500 US dollars for this thing. And I sent it to, I sent it around. And my initial reaction was that this just seems silly. Like what, why do we need this? And why is it so expensive? Uh, but then we had a bit of discussion around it and I think I might've come around a little bit. Uh, so, uh, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, we're taking a look at the photo of this thing and it's basically a glorified phone booth with a kind of transparent door or translucent door. You can see the person inside. Um, what do you think about this product? Initial thoughts? I think, uh, initially, you know, I did a little digging around and, the price is thirty four ninety five US, and you have to pay an extra two hundred dollars for Ethernet connection, which is okay, sure, whatever. Um, I'm not going to get into that. Um, at first glance, this is a phone booth. It's no larger than like one of those Bell phone booths that you would find uh, way back in the '90s, which all have seemed to have disappeared. Um, but I think it's a good concept. I think it's too small. But I can see the target market that they're trying to go after here. And so, um, you know, just a little background on the company. I looked into it. And they've been fa- they were founded in May 2018. Um, they're backed by Silicon Valley uh, venture group called Slow Ventures, who's also backed Slack, Casper, and Pinterest. And they've raised about $2 million. And they're, they're, they've raised $2 million to develop this product, which is a flat pack product that you can set up in your office uh, and your office likely is positioned for startups. You know, I'm thinking startups don't have a lot of money to do construction. They're just barely getting off the ground. And so it makes a lot of sense to, to provide, you know, this type of space so that you can allow your employees to do business, to make phone calls, et cetera, et cetera. And so I can see where they're going with this. I just, have a few issues just with the size of it and I guess the practicality of it all in terms of just spending $3,500 on one booth when, you know, you might have a few scale issues. <laughs> like, do you just buy a, a bunch of these rooms? At which point do you just buy, you know, to build a, a conference <laughs> room or, or an office of some kind? And what if what if there's multiple? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things around it. And I'm sure we can get into it. But, you know, my first impression here is, like, this is a tight space, and it's kind of expensive, but I understand. I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at the photos and you see these people sitting in these very tiny booths, 
Um, I don't know how comfortable that is to, to work in for more than maybe a quick five-minute phone call at best. Yeah. I mean, it's got a built-in desk that's very small, so you're not actually doing a lot of desk work there. And it just seems kind of claustrophobic to be in this little – got to open this door and then shut the door behind you. But you, you couldn't fit more than two people in that. Uh, is that really – improving my productivity um you know they they boast about it being soundproof yes. and then you kind of read it in the fine print well it's not actually soundproof like a hundred percent soundproof but it, you know you can still hear some noise outside and i was looking into some of the photos and the videos of the product and yeah it's got kind of like padded walls and ceiling and floor however this door this flimsy plexiglass <laughs> yeah. door you're telling me that that is going to provide some sort of uh, reduction in noise. I, I'm really skeptical as to whether this thing can accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm. And if it can't, it, you're basically just sitting in a box for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I have some issues, I think, with the design on, you know, I'm just skeptical as to whether this thing actually works. And then I think I have issue on, the price, as you kind of touched upon, it being, you know, you're not going to buy just one of these things because yeah. that's not really, you know, it probably doesn't make sense. If you're a company, let's say you got 50 to 100 employees, maybe even 100 to 200, you're going to need a bunch of these things. Like you're not going to buy one little box. Yeah. Uh, you're going to buy a bunch of these things. And then it starts to beg the question of, well, if you're going to be spending fifteen to $20,000 on boxes... <laughs> to, yeah. to, to put your employees in, uh, maybe you should, you, then you got to start looking at, well, what problem is this actually solving? Mm-hmm. And is this the right way to solve the problem? So I think the problem they're trying to go after is productivity. Yeah. Right. Like, so, cause what's the alternative? If you don't have this thing, you're, if you don't have this box to sit in, what are you doing? Well, you're making your phone calls, maybe in a more of an open space. Um, but at some point, They'll need to kind of say, do some research as a company and say, should we be putting our employees in more boxes or should we maybe rethink our office design to begin with? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you, you hit on it, I think, is that a lot of the companies that would buy these uh, are going to be those startups that traditionally have this open concept office. And that, I think, is kind of the crux of the problem here. Yeah. Well, before we get into the open concept office, and I'm sure we have a lot to say around mm-hmm. that, um, I want to go back to the size because, you know, the photos are, are beautiful, you know? <laughs> They're in these great spaces. Very hip. They're Very so cool. hip. They're in these offices which have couches and desks, like harvest table desks. Like, I don't see a whole lot of networking or laptop gear or anything that really looks like they're actually there's, doing anything. There's plants and bicycles plants. everywhere. <laughs> you know, alone, I think, or they're trying to sell the product. But the people that are inside these rooms or these these uh, these phone booths, um, you know, they're not on the heavier side. <laughs> I just feel like you're going to run into issues with somebody that has you know, a, a bit of a more challenge with it. I'm trying to be politically correct here, but they're just larger, right? Yeah. Like you just can't, this person is skinny yeah. and this room is not big. If you have the fold out desk, 
you're pretty much excluding a few people from using this comfortably. Yeah, it's you, like I would like to see the metrics on like who's you actually using this by BMI. There might need to be a little yeah. sign above the door that says "skinny jeans required." Yeah, and, uh, totally. Like what? Like the, the, is it startups that just like hire all of these very fit, uh, beautiful looking people? Like I, I don't think that's realistic. And it's just like you're trying to get something um, that would work for all of your employees. Well, I, I think that if I was an employee and I was larger, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I'd have a problem with using this personally. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think what you're actually touching upon is ergonomics yeah. uh, and accessibility. And while those are maybe not as exciting topics when you're trying to design this hipster phone booth to sell to tech hipster tech startups, uh, the reality is, is that's what workplace design is you know, largely about. It's about ergonomics. Like there's very little that's ergonomical about this phone booth. Uh, it, you can't really fit a chair in there as much as you have to just have like a stool. Yeah. That's not really comfortable. It's not adjustable. Uh, their desk is, height is not adjustable. Yeah. So you're right. Like this is very much a box designed for a certain type of person. Yeah. And it might not actually be applicable to a lot of work environments out there well let's look at you know in their in their documentation they have about five pillars that i think drives the value proposition for them and um you know one is excess one of them is sustainability you know it's efficient it's simple risk-free i guess is you can return it within 100 days which is i think it's very generous but you know one of the pillars is accessibility and the main points that they make under accessibility is price that does not address accessibility. That addresses <laughs> price sensitivity. Yeah. So it's just like I think they're just kind of missing the boat here. It's like, what if you have somebody that ha that that uses a wheelchair, or that? Well, of course, it's not an option. It's not an option. Can't do it. And and it, you know, I, this might be a small portion of the population and doesn't fit within, you know, what they were envisioning. But as a as if I owned a business and I was looking at this and I'm looking at my workforce, I would be saying, like, who could actually be using this? Yeah. And am I going to be leaving people out? And I don't know. That's a big thing that they're missing in that, in my opinion. Like, this guy has got to be, like, 150 pounds. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it seems silly, but it act, I think you're bringing up a pretty interesting point here that this is not actually a product that everyone in a company's workforce can use. Um, so it might actually, so then the big question is, is that does, is this actually a fad or is this something that could actually become a trend? Mm. And I would lean towards fad yeah. in that, you know, they're going to do a good job of convincing a lot of companies to like try this out one time, but five years down the road, is that company buying more boxes to stick their employees in or five years down the road, are they, you know, redesigning their offices to actually meet their, the needs of their diverse workforce. Um, one other thing I'm going to touch upon on the design of this thing, which I think is kind of funny is, you know, it's the whole, the whole premise of this thing is to give you some privacy to do, you know, if you have to make a phone call or something yet there's this big, the, the front door is this like plexiglass panel. So you're actually just like, it's like you're a, 
Barbie or Ken doll <laughs> on display in a package where everyone walking by just sees this human in this life-size package. And I actually don't know if that's good for privacy. Yeah. I think that what someone would actually prefer, like if you asked me as the, as the user here, you know, if you wanted to make a private phone call um, or not, not be disturbed uh, because you work in an open concept office, what would you like? You know what I'd like? I'd like a room with a door that I could shut yeah. and so no one would disturb me. This actually looks like it would be more disturbing because you're on you're physically on display and there's people that like you're not solving the problem of people looking at you and you seeing them yeah. and uh as I mentioned earlier I'm very skeptical on how soundproof it is so I thought all that was kind of funny and then the last thing I'll say with this design is uh I noticed like literally a day later after discovering this that they had introduced a uh, limited edition version where it's they take the same box and they take the same design, but the one change they make is that they slap up a picture of some trees or mountains on the inside, yeah. and then they frost the plexiglass door to make it uh, translucent, and then they call it a meditation room. And oh, and then you also get a subscription to uh, one of the meditation oh, apps. Yeah. I think it was Calm. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know. I think I I. I Kudos to them for, you know, just changing their product in a sl just a little way and being able to market it and up and uh, upgrade the price uh, big time. But are you telling me that that sticking yourself in a little box with the translucent door is the proper way to try and get some meditation time in? Uh, how do you're telling me that it's not going to be disturbing when someone's <laughs> knocking on their plexiglass door saying it's my time to meditate that's right i have this book from 3:45 to <laughs> so to, you know i just thought that was funny i basically i i think that they're trying to solve a problem but i don't know that this is the best way to do it i think this is probably a fad uh and but i give them credit like you know milk this while they can make as much money as they can out of this so i think for us um we work in an open space office. You know, we're fortunate enough to, to work in a collaborative environment. We all seem to like each other and not want to kill each other every day, which is great. But I think, you know, when, when we were thinking about the design of this office, there were some ideas around creating these private spaces, you know, for phone calls, things like that. And I'll be honest, when you showed me this, I was quite high on room in terms, <laughs> like very high on it, in terms of, you know, the look, the design. And I thought it was affordable at the time in comparison to doing construction. And I still sort of believe that in comparison to construction. Um, so I guess I'll pose it to you. Would you consider putting one of these in our space today? And I, uh, just to give everybody a frame of context, well, like how big do you think this is? How many square feet? This room? This room is probably, geez, like 40 by 40 feet maybe? Sure. So this would take like, uh, you know, 10 square is this 10 square feet, probably? So anyway, it would take up like a corner of, of the space. It wouldn't be too intrusive, in my opinion. It wouldn't take up much space. I really do, you know, I don't think it would make sense for us to have one of these in here. Um, I just think that it'd be, it wouldn't solve enough of the problems. Like you're still seeing everyone. We're all still seeing you through the plexiglass window. Uh, it doesn't really block out the sound is my guess. Um, 
it's going to be claustrophobic. I just don't think it solves the problem. Um, yeah. So in my opinion, I would I would take the other direction. I would say we should try it. 100-day risk-free trial. Sure. Why not? What I foresee happening is that it's just going to be a huge conversation starter, and we're going to be the ones that are using it, and nobody else is going to feel like they have access to it. And it's just going to create more of a divide between kind of our group and what's happening on outside of this. Well, this I mean, so, but we're, we work in a pretty unique room because, you know, yes, we work in an open space, but uh, it's blocked off. Like there's only, there's always a maximum of like eight or so people in this room. Yeah. Uh, but if you think about more of a, an open concept office, uh, like you've seen a lot of the tech spaces uh, where you have an entire floor that's open. Because I've worked in that environment before a few times. Uh, that would, I, I could see it, I see where that solves a problem out there. Because, you know, I've worked in those office spaces where there are no, there's no barriers, there's no cubicles, yep. and it's just desks and monitors and sa- the sound carries, and there's no privacy. Um, in fact, I worked in a, in a location once that, you know, your typical startup, they wanted to have all the perks to, make their employees happy so there was a coffee machine and it was maybe 20 feet from my desk and it was a starbucks coffee machine that every time you pour a cup of coffee it would actually grind up the beans (laughs) and so i'm you know in this open concept office that's supposed to be all cool and hip yet every time someone goes to get a coffee all i hear is this grinding of the coffee machine and i hear people talking and i can see them talking and there's no privacy so my what really grinds my gears at the end of the day is not this box it's the underlying problem which is the open concept office i don't think yeah. i think and a lot of studies have been done over the years now that have really proved that it actually has negative impacts it doesn't improve productivity it, it actually doesn't improve collaboration the way they thought it would yeah um, and uh there's something to be said for having you know, physical barriers and design and layout to an office space. Well, I think going back to the research is like we've had this phenomenon now for a couple years, just thanks to the uh, the tech boom and whatnot. And Harvard Harvard Business School did a study and found that open offices, you know, and I'm reading it here, reduced face to face interaction by about seventy percent, and increased email and messaging by around fifty percent, shattering the notion that they make workers collaborative. So what they're essentially saying is that they're by having an open space office, you're not actually enticing face-to-face conversation. You're just enabling or or the the phenomenon is like I'm just going to email you as opposed to walk over to your desk and talk to you, yeah. which is like probably not what you want. And so, um, as you said, there's the research that's that's suggesting that open space offices are not productive at all, but. Um, you know, what is the alternative? Like, what's the solution in terms of, you know, modern workspaces and the way that, you know, mid-sized companies want to do their layouts? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that any company has got it perfectly right yet. Uh, you know, one phenomenon, I mean, we experience it in this room uh, in particular is we have what are called hot desks. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because we have these tables with monitors and technically anyone could plug in their laptop and work at one. We've all kind of claimed our own and we treat it <laughs> as our own desk. Yeah. Uh, but the way hot desks work in larger corporations or in other maybe parts of this building that are different than our room 
is it's just that it's like you don't have your own dedicated space you just plug in where you can and yeah. i think i was telling you the story the other day of uh someone i know who's much much older in his 60s and had worked in uh, one of the large accounting firms for many years uh for 20 30 years had a corner office with a view and all of his own personal space and then the company did a bit of a refresh and now he's got a hot desk right and you know there's I think that I, I don't know that that is better. Um, I think that there's something to be said for having your own personal space um, at your at your workplace. Yeah, and I I think the idea behind open spaces is that you know everybody remains productive because you're transparent to your actions are transparent to everybody, so they can see what's happening on your monitor. Uh, generally, if they wanted to, they can just walk by, they can see what's going on on your desk, they can see exactly what you're doing. And that has its benefits in itself. But I think the drawbacks here is that, you know, people get anxious and maybe just pretend to have work on their on their screens and maybe just start using their cell phones. Um, you know, transparency is not going to solve your productivity issue. The people themselves are going to be the ones that are you know, instilling upon themselves to say, yeah, I'm going to be productive today and I don't need like these external motivators. And I think that just comes down to the individual and the workplaces can do whatever they can to try to motivate that, whether it's like key logging or like seeing your activity on your computer, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, that old way of thinking, that old way of surveilling your, 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 employees, the clock in, clock out, for the average knowledge worker, I just don't think that's going to fly in the future. I think for me, I need that full autonomy and full trust to say like, yeah, you know, I know what I need to prioritize and I don't need all these little checks and balances to keep me in line. Um, you know, let my performance and the deliverables kind of outline, you know, how I'm doing, not what my day-to-day -day activity is. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that office design and layout can impact that and ultimately this phone booth i'm looking at is just not the solution yeah. this is this is uh and that's why i'm in conclusion i'm gonna say it is a fad it is not a trend it looks goofy as hell the more i look at it and i'm out on it yeah okay well i'm not totally out on it i would still like to to see it in person and get in there to, to see, you know, what the experience is like. But so here's what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to find someone who's buying a new refrigerator <laughs> and then I'm going to get the refrigerator box. It looks like it's about the same size and we'll, we'll set it up in here and then uh, we'll see what we think. Yeah. So in terms of this product itself, and I know we haven't firsthand experienced it, but, you know, I'd be interested to say, to, to get your take on, you know, what you would like to see. Like, how can you make this a little bit better? Like, would you just go on size? Is it price? Like, just quick take on the, you know, how would you improve the product market fit for this particular um, Yeah, I think uh, if, if it is as soundproof as they claim and that's not a problem, then I think it's more about price. Yeah. Um, you know, 3,500 U.S., uh, or 3700 with an ethernet port. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that seems a bit pricey because, uh, and perhaps they can get their price down over time. But to me, this is something that should probably be under 2000 bucks. I, I get it, there's materials involved, uh, but there's not a lot of material. There's not a lot to this. 
Um, and it, as we kind of outlined, this is not a great solution to the problem. It is a kind of tiny piece of the puzzle. And therefore, it shouldn't be priced at a premium. Yeah. So I think the improvement here is, yeah, you can have these single pods, but I think it has to be larger that you can fit at least two people in. Because let's just say that there's multiple people that's on that conference call or you want to have a, a private conversation with somebody and you can't find the right area, then I think this helps to enable some of those conversations internally rather than this is really external facing. Like It's like I have a call with somebody outside remote, um, no, nobody within this office, I'm going to use this. So I think just make it a little bit bigger, maybe um, double the size so you can fit two people in would probably be my suggestion. Right. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on this one um, and see, see what comes up with this company over the next year or so. Yeah. Um, but on that note, we, we do have a follow-up here yes. to a, a previous podcast in episode one where we did a very, very extremely deep dive into the Tim Hortons coffee cup lid and all of our grievances with it. Well, they've finally launched their new lids that I'm looking at right here. It's the... Uh, I don't even remember the terminology here, but it's got the the raised lid. It's got the you know e spout. easy uh, pour spout. It's got the folding open close part for uh, the spout. Even has a maple leaf imprinted on it. Mm -hmm. um, so you know I've had some time to drink some coffee with uh, this new cup design, and I guess my takeaways are that uh, it's. 100% better than the previous lid, which was just a spilling machine. <laughs> and it is still not as good as McDonald's coffee cup lid. McDonald's reigns supreme. Yeah, I don't understand their design choices here. Like, I've I've had a coffee with this, with the new lid as well. And that spout is just way too small. Like, it's way too small. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. And so, I don't know why you don't just take... The best in class, which is obviously McDonald's, and just copy that same thing and put – if you want to put a maple leaf on it, fine. Get the exact same vendor and just say, like, we just need this with a maple leaf on it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know what thinking was involved with Tim Warren's here. Like, they're just yeah. – this is not, like, user-centered design in my opinion. This is just like, yeah, you know, we'll put a maple leaf on, get some branding equity out of it, and, you know, address some of the spilling issues. But still, you, you can't drink out of it properly. No, and – there are design aspects that just something seems off. Like I feel like I'm making out with plastic. Yeah. There's just a lot of plastic all up in your face. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a swing and a miss, but it's a swing and maybe a, you know, you get, you got, they got to first base, but they by no means, you know, got a home run here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for the third installment of our podcast. Um, uh, pleasure hope. talking with you. You too, Kyle. And hopefully by next episode, we'll have a title for this whole thing. Yeah. So feel free to send your title uh, <laughs> suggestions and comments to transformational ideas <laughs> at Sorry. But yeah, um, thanks for listening and uh, we'll check back in soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.